Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Okay, I'm, I'm Geneviève Desportes. I'm the General Secretary of NAMCO, which is the North Atlantic Marine Mammal Commission. And it's a commission with, uh, of which the party are actually the four countries who are hunting and sealing whales and seals in the North Atlantic. So it's Norway and it's Iceland and it's Greenland and it's the Faroe Island. And Denmark, uh, under which uh, Greenland and uh, the Faroe Island are, is not part of the, the commission. And uh, this commission is in charge of managing the, um, the marine mammals in the North Atlantic, so make sure it's an intergovernmental organization. So we are not against, obviously, whaling and sealing, since this country do that. But the organization is there to make sure that the hunting and the sealing is sustainable. And also, we are working very much with uh, hunting methods to make them better for the welfare of the animals. And we are also working on inspecting the activities. And uh, I am French, which and now I live so in Tromsø, uh, well above the, the Arctic Circle in, in, the, in the Arctic, in the Norwegian Arctic. And uh, I came there because I, uh, when I was in university <clears throat> learning oceanographic biology, I decided that I wanted to work with animals, but not small animals. So I, when I choose whales, it's a bit bigger, <laughs> but a lot of other animals. And so I ended up, when I did my master and my PhD, working on pilot whales, long fin pilot whales. And I ended up in the Faroe Islands to get samples because in France you only work on stranded uh, whales and dolphins. And so I went to get fresh sample in the Faroe Islands where they hunt uh, pilot whales. And then from there, we decided with the, the, the woman, the biologist who was working there, to make a big project on pilot whales to see the effect of the, the fishery on the population, on the stock. And then we invited a lot of other institutes for all over Europe. And then I ended up living in the Faroe Island for six years, and then in Denmark. And then I got, and so I was working, I was in the ferries delegation to Namco as a scientist. And then when the job for the general secretary was open in April 2015, I got the job and I moved very far into the Arctic, and that's very nice. <laughs> wow. Um, so you, you were studying and then kind of moved into advocacy. Um, do, you do, do, you, do you still do um, in, your, in your role or perhaps uh, coinciding, do you still do uh, research or studies or is it or does the being the general secretary keep you busy there are two things there. The general secretary keep me busy, and, and this, this is a secretariat of an intergovernmental organization, so we are not doing science, but we are organizing the meeting of the scientific committee, of all the committees of NAMCO. It means the scientific committee, the hunting committee, the inspection committee, the management committee, also the, the, the meeting of the council, and we advise the, the council and the heads of delegation, and we keep abreast of what, it, what is going on and so so on and, and so it's only uh, an administrative role now. Uh, sometimes I participate on the side to small projects, but this is more for fun. That's not, that's not really my role. But the other thing is with, I'm not going, I'm not, uh, the organization is intergovernmental, so it's not an advocacy organization oh, okay. yes, at right. all. Yeah. 
But of course, we, I mean, we, we are absolutely not against uh, whaling and sealing, and we try to see and to set it up in perspective of global warming and an ecosystem perspective. What does it mean in terms of, of ecosystem to remove whales and seal? Is it a problem? Is it, does it, has it more impact on the environment than, for example, importing meat in Greenland from, from far away? And what, what is the best for the environment? Is it using these local resources, or is it using other we try to, to replace uh, whaling and sealing, coastal whaling and sealing, in an ecosystem perspective. Right. Oh, interesting. So uh, how old is uh, NAMCO? So the, the organization is actually, well, I just, um, uh, I just celebrated this 25th, oh, just, in, in uh, last year, in 2017, 25th. Uh, anniversary. It was created in 1992. In April 1992, it was signed, the agreement between the four countries. And the organization was, was creating actually for, for several reasons. One was, of course, because these countries were kind of very disappointed by the way the International Whaling Commission was going into conservation, I would say protection, instead of really managing the managing whaling and managing whale stocks and allowed their, their uh, utilization. And also because there was the, the IWC was only competent for the large cetaceans, so the big whale, the fin whale, the minke whale, the humpback whale, sperm whale, and so on, but not for small cetaceans. So there was no international body looking at the management of small cetaceans and dolphins. And also, there was no international body looking at the management of seals. And there is actually, NAMCO is still the only one, the international organization managing seal stocks. Hmm. And then the, the fourth, is it fourth? The fourth reason is also that there was no really body who was looking, trying to improve hunting methods and make them more efficient, not in terms of the number of animals killed, but in terms of the rapidity of the killing. So, the, so the, the time to death is very short and the animals are not lost, either because they are uh, sore, but, but you, you lose them, either you lose them because you cannot retrieve them when they are dead and so on. So it's really to improve the, the hunting methods. And the last thing, there was also to, to, to put a scheme to observe and inspect the, the whaling and sealing activity to be sure that they follow the national rules. Right. So that was the big reason why NAMCO was created. Right. So um, maybe I'll try to use some of my political science background. So in terms of it being an intergovernmental body, is it does it have a regulatory power or is it more just... Uh, a space for the the four countries and per representatives and participants to kind of uh, perhaps harmonize the practices, or at least uh, yeah. so they're not working against each other, perhaps, anyways. Yeah, I, I should have specified. NAMCO has only an advisory mandate. Okay. So, so we only give advice on uh, management and we give advice on, on hunting method and it's left to the party to follow them. But of course, we follow what they do. So at the next meeting, if we have given some advice, we ask them, did you follow the advice? What did you do? And so on. And they have to, uh, I mean, they are not obliged, of course, to follow the advice, <laughs> but they have to report how much they implement them. And actually, until now, we, we have been, for example, for Greenland, uh, we, we have to tell them that their the exploitation or in the, around the beginning of the 2000, the exploitation of naval, beluga, and, and walrus was not sustainable. 
and we the scientific committee advised uh, year after year to set quota and and it was and the quota for example for beluga where we the scientific committee advised to reduce the catch of about 600 animals to 100 150 animals so of course for the community in greenland is really uh, a decrease in in resources very direct and abrupt decrease in resources and it took like three years and then they implemented the quota and they did that also for naval and they did that for walruses and it was very nice because it's really on a very short term a win-win situation because already uh, now we can see that, that the, the stock on which there is quota they are going up and, and they are increasing and so this means that if the stock increase then you can also increase the quota and, and by keeping them low enough, so the stock continue to increase, of course, because they are still very much depleted uh, in comparison to what they were. But it's increasing, the quota are increasing, and so the hunters can see that actually our advice is not against them. It's to help them to have a sustainable resources so the kids can also continue to hunt whales and, and uh, walruses and so on. So that was a very nice situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's always good when... Uh... When those things work out, um, yes, yes. In terms of in terms of representation, then from the the four countries and or the four areas, who and and because you had listed a, a, a whole, uh, uh, quite a few different committees, um, are they government? Uh, are like are are they bureaucrat representatives? Are they are there politicians? Are there are there hunters involved? Like how, I guess. The easiest way of yeah. how do, how does one how does one become a member or uh, sit on a committee or and uh, go to a meeting? Well, yeah, but that's decided to the by, by the country and usually the the at the, the council level the the heads of delegation they are either from the fishery ministry or from the foreign ministries and sometimes for both. They, they both in in several countries, both of them assist to the to the council meeting, and then in the other committee is the the country who decide who they want to send. They have the they have the right to send so many representatives, and they do that. And in in for example, usually in the hunting committee, they they come from the the fishery ministry or the fishery directorate. And then, of course, you have the, the and this is the same in the inspection committee. And then you have the scientific committee where it's scientists. But again, it's not Namco doesn't decide. It's the country who sends who they want to right. send to the to the to the to the meeting. And then we have. Well, I think what what makes us uh, quite strong is that we have always uh, have, have money, have funding available to invite external experts to our meeting. So because we we are is only four countries. And for example, in the scientific committee, you have before you could have three members. Now it's up to six, but it's still a very small scientific committee. And of course, we we are not englobing all the competence you would need to do the assessment of all the stocks and looking at all the the environmental problems who, who arise. So what we do is, for example, if we work with a species or a special M, we have working group. We work we work very much with working groups, and this this working group we invite external experts. And they can come. They can come from any part of the world. And actually, we have several of our working group who are chaired by people who are not from Namco countries. For example, our bycatch working group is shared actually by someone from the, the U.S. from the from the NOAA in the U.S. 
So, so, uh, and we do that because it increases our competence. So, the competence and the experience of the working group. It also makes our work very visible. And it also, we also need that if you want to kind of defend ourselves to say what we do and the advice we we give at a certain point of time is the best one we could give. And maybe in. Ten years, we will have find out that actually we were wrong, or the method will will have evolved, so we know better. But at the time when we gave the advice, that was the best we could do. Right. Yeah. And of course, to be sure that this is this, it's very important for us that this is known. And so, so that's why we we uh, actually since I become the general secretary, we have made that an obligation for this uh, working group to have external experts. Before it was just a possibility they had. But now we said, if it's not administrative, you have to have external experts <laughs> in the working group. So people who are not members of the scientific committee of NAMCO. Right. And we do that also for the, the hunting method committee. They are also working. They are uh, eight members, so it's very small. And we have veterinarian, of course, in the hunting committee. And we, we, but we work very much with people from outside. And we also cooperate very much. We try to... We, we try to cooperate with all the people uh, having the same issue as us. So usually in our expert group on hunting methods, we will have also Japanese, we will have people from Canada, we will have people from the, I mean, from Nunavut and Makivik and so on. We, will, we have the, the Maka uh, also represented and all the people hunting whales, we try to invite them. We often pay actually for them to come to the meeting. Hmm. So the experience we have, is, is also shared with all the people who can who can uh, use it. Right. Interesting. So we try to be as open as we can and as visible and transparent as we can. Yeah, that was gonna my my one follow up question like, again too about the uh, big like with Namco uh, was in terms of is it um, was the reason that it just includes uh, Norway, Greenland. Uh, the Faroe Islands and why, why is the other one slipping me? Um, no, no, it's all Norway, Greenland, Iceland, and yeah, Faroe Islands. Iceland, yes, yeah, sorry, Iceland. Um, mm. Is mm. it what, what was the uh, what was the impetus uh, for those four countries as opposed to say including Canada? Was it just um, like historical no. familiarity or? Very <laughs> no, no, very good question. It, it's because the, the big thing of Namco is to say the IWC doesn't function because it's not regional. It's people who know nothing about what is happening in an area who try to decide. Actually, even countries who are not even coastal countries can oh, okay. be members of Namco or Namco of the IWC. But when Namco said we we are going to be regional and these the people who are interested and live out of the resource who are going to manage it. And, and, and Canada and Russia have always been invited to join NAMCO, but Canada has not, has not done it until now. We hope they, they will do it, but they have not done it until now. They left the IWC, and they, have not, they are not in NAMCO. But, but we are cooperating very much with them. They are very often in our, um, in our working group as experts, because, of course, when we are talking about the Arctic, for example, then we we uh, we have the same issue, and we we have a lot of shared stock with Canada. Greenland has a lot of shared stock with Canada, yeah. so we need them. I mean, it's stupid to do on a shared stock. It's stupid to do a management on one country and not uh, something else in the other country. So we work very much with them, and we have uh, very they have a bilateral commission, which is a joint commission on Nawal and Beluga, 
and we have uh, and we're giving advice on on Naval and Beluga, but we have the working group is joint for this joint commission and Namco, and it's actually us who are who, has, uh, who ensure the logistic of the of this working group because they don't have a secretariat or anything. So we work very much with Canada, and we we always invite them, and we reiterate that we would like to have them as members. But I mean, they they decide, of course, it's there. Right. Okay. It's there. Uh, right. Yeah. And we work also. We are trying to involve very much, for example, Nunavut now, as such, not as Canada, but as Nunavut and NTI to try and and to participate as as scientists and to our different uh, uh, committees. Right. And this works. We are, we are really increasing our uh, cooperation directly, also with the with the the green the Greenland with the Inuit communities in the different Atikulvad uh, region. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, mm. That that, that mm. might be. I mean, I'm not going to actually speculate on how Canada is going about that, but that that did interest to me. <laughs> um, and that is, yeah. So it's so the the again kind of going back to the history, so the initial kind of impetus for uh, creating Namco was a was um, frustration with the the IWC then and not and not yeah it was it it was one of the things and it was as I said also the fact that there was no organization dealing with small cetaceans right oh yes and right. and we are for example Greenland is 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 dealing is hunting big whale, but also Daval and Beluga. Nobody took care of that at, at that point. And then there was also the fact that there was no uh, international body dealing with the management of seals. There was different things uh, going there. But certainly the frustration to the IWC was a big, was a big factor. Ah, interesting. So in, mm. so in terms of... Uh, so to follow up on that question, uh, it's, it, have you found or have you experienced that cooperation between the four... Uh, countries is pretty easy. Yeah, I think so. The, the big, the big difference is, is uh, the big difference is, is that in the IWC you have, of course, people of, of very different uh, attitudes towards the, the use of, of natural resources, of marine resources. But in, of course, in Namco, the people have the same attitude. They say we have the right to use the marine resources, the, 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 the live marine resources, but we want to do it sustainably and we want to do it responsibly. Right. And, and so, so there, there is no big clash. We, we kind of all agree. And then you have, you know, then you have to, to have some, some nuances and, and to, uh, as you say, Right. Uh, to agree or not what you do. And I think it's, it's it, this allowed to, to, to go uh, forward a lot, like if you compare with the IWC, which kind of block, they don't function really because there is so much opposition between the clan and they discuss, they constantly discuss the things they are not, they don't agree upon instead of maybe finding place they could, and it, it's not very positive. But so, so we don't have this problem in uh, Namco, but then the the I do say the 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 back I do say that the 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 things that could be problematic is that we are too, we are we could be two friends as well. Oh okay. <laughs> so so not not want to say to the other country you know if you said you have to diminish your quota for example to Greenland this is a big thing. Right. And and so that's also why it's so important for Namco to to invite external experts who have who have who are not stakeholder in the things we are discussing. 
if you understand. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If I'm only, yeah, yeah. So, so for us, it's really, really important. We have these, these people who are completely outside the Namco community and to come and give their advice with based on science, if they are scientists, or veterinary advice, if they are veterinarian, but they don't have friendship with the people, with the stakeholders. Right, yes. As to, in, as yeah, as to ensure as that we have the best science and the best recommendation we can. Interesting. In terms of uh, in terms of meeting, then is it year round? The, like the committees just meet um, when they need to, or do you have a does Namco does Namco ever have like a central uh, meeting? Or yeah, we, we there is a there is a meeting of the commission once a year. Okay. Automatically, but we, we could have more if we wanted. But there is automatically one one. Uh, it's not automatic, but we now it has been once a year, once one and a half year. But but normally it's once a year. There is a meeting of the commission, and the scientific committee also meet every year. And then we can also have, uh, as you say, intersessional meeting if we need to discuss something very special. And then we have and the other committee usually they meet at least once a year. The management committees is the one who are really providing the advice. They receive the, the advice from the scientific committee, and then they accept or not accept the advice and forward it to the country, and they also meet once a year just before the, the council meeting. Okay. So and so the, the, the way that our committees work, they normally work on, on requests from the council who ask them, for example, the scientific committee to review a certain stock or to look at this issue and so on. But they are also the, the it's, it's more than the right. They are also very much welcome. If they have noticed an issue, for example, the scientists in the field, to tell the council, we think there is a problem there and we would like to have the permission to, to uh, conduct some, some uh, I'd say, to take that up as an issue in Namco. So it goes both ways. It's not only top to bottom, but it's also bottom right. to top. Right. Where the, yeah, and this, I think, is a good thing, because, of course, the, the, the people in the ministry, it's not them who are in the field and see what is happening. Right. Is there, uh, is there a capacity to, to respond to crises? Not that I could think of. Uh, or is it, or is like, are meetings kind of set in a timeline? I know this seems kind of perhaps pedantic, but it does interest me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, normally the meeting of the council, they, they are set, but as I said, the, the, what is set is the, is the kind of the annual meeting. But we, both the council and any committees can, can meet intersessionally, and they have done that sometimes when there was a kind of crisis or big problem arising. So, so they can do that. They have the possibility of, of doing that. Right. But I guess... I guess too. Mm. And the working... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, and the, the working group and the scientific committee between two... Uh, when the scientific committee received this request from the council, then they decide what is the best way to deal with it. Can we deal, it, deal with it within the scientific committee at that meeting? Or do we need to ask for experts and for a working group to look at the problem and then they will send and then usually they establish a working group for most of the the big issues and then the, this working group meets then between uh, before the next meeting of the scientific committee and report then to the scientific committee and then the scientific committee review the the advice and the report and then and then forward to the council what he thinks is is uh, is good or interesting right 
and usually they, they trust because they, I mean when we invite experts, uh, we invite both experts from the con the parties and uh, from the outside, and usually they are more experts in that specific issue than the scientific committee as such. So usually, if they recommend things, is 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 uh, it's forwarded from the scientific committee to the council. Mm. Mm. I, I guess too. I guess too. So perhaps in a like in a crisis, that probably would be because again, that's an intergovernmental. It probably dealt with first with like a fisheries ministry, and then perhaps they would bring that issue to the to a meeting. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because again, yeah, yeah, you yeah. you're, you're not regulatory. You're uh, advisory. Um, no, it's only advisory. Yeah, yeah. Um, perhaps getting a little specific on the because it's in, it's interesting that you have a, a hunting methods uh, working group or committee. Um, yeah. When Na when Namco was founded, was it was there isn't it is it an attempt because you had said it is uh, to again advise on the hunting methods was was it an attempt to harmonize hunting methods or was it an, an attempt to um, at least make sure that the various different hunting methods were uh, as ethical or humane or whatever uh, word one chooses. Yeah, it's not really harmonized because you have you have kind of very different, uh, quite different hunting method in in uh, in Greenland, for example, and in Norway, for example, for minke whales. But it, it was it was the the idea was to try to 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 make the hunting method starting the starting point is what was happening in each country, in each country or each hunt, and from there to make it better. And 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 so fully to. Um, and and uh, for example, in, and, and you have also a, a different of uh, different means people can use in Greenland and in Norway. Uh, I mean, it's not the same. Uh, it's not the same life standard. Huh? And so and so in, in in Norway, they have been quite good in, in uh, for example, to control the <clears throat> to control the the way the whaling, how many uh, animals they take and how long it takes and so on. They have created. Uh, uh, what they call the blue box, who is a kind of, uh, of uh, a computerized monitoring of what is happening with the output gun and when they shoot and when they retrieve the whales and so on. And this is on the, on the, on the vessel and it's sealed so the boat cannot touch it and then it's delivered to the, to the, the, fishery, the Ministry of Fisheries. Ah. So they look what is happening. And this is very interesting, but until now it has not been implemented in other places than, than uh, Norway because it's quite expensive. It's not automatically the same kind of boat and so on. But it's, you know, we try then from the, from the, the, the Norwegian experience, is some, some of the things have been also transferred to Greenland. And also it, it means also that they kind of set the standard. Right. And then we tell the others, but you can reach this standard and this is what we have to aim for. Ah, okay. But, but for example, a lot of the on on in the on the Norwegian minke whaling, they they take the whale uh, on board the vessel, and they don't do that in Greenland because the vessels are too small. So you cannot exactly do the same thing. But you try to say we try to set up standard quite high, and then aim at reaching them everywhere. Right. Yeah. So mm. like a, the best pa practices approach, rather than a. Yes. Yeah. You must do it this uh. way. Yes, yeah, and and we try also to facilitate. We have also made uh, hunting manuals who, who to try to train the hunters 
both for their safety, because it's quite dangerous to to uh, to play with with uh, grenades, pentrite grenades, you can yeah. imagine, and also <laughs> and also to uh, also so they are better uh, hunting. And we have done that for the minky whaling. We have done that so how to to take care of all the ammunition. What do you do? How can you check that they are working and everything, and they are in, in a good uh, in a good state? And then we have done that also for pilot whaling. <clears throat> pilot whaling in the Faroe Islands, they they kill pilot whale, they strand them on the beach and kill them. Yeah. And the method has really changed a lot since Namco. I have uh, I come on board. We through all this meeting between the different veterinarians from the different countries and so on to, to try to, to uh, improve the method a lot, for example. And now, for example, in pilot whaling, they have the, the people who are killing the whales, they have to go through a training course. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, and it was not like this before. And, and some other hunters, of course, the, the whalers, the minky whalers, they have also to go to a training course every year. Even if even though it's the same uh, whalers going on every, year after year, we, we uh, I mean, they have to go and train and be aware of what is happening and so on. So on. In, ter- in terms of, like, training in terms of, like, the, the hunting and the killing method then? Yes. Yeah. 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 Have you heard if the, the their pushback from the hunters, or do, or do they uh, appreciate it because it it helps demonstrate that their 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 willingness to uh, to uh, hunt and kill in a I don't necessarily like the word humane, but it's easiest at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I think they of of course. You know, sometimes you know more. You you uh, uh, you tell people you have to do that and you cannot do that. So sometimes they try to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to not do it. But I think overall they they are quite satisfied with with the way Namco is working because they can see that that it's very controversial. And if you want to to continue this activity, you have to make it uh, not sound, but it it has to be. You have to do the best you can. And they can see that Nam, Namco is is working in this direction. Right. So so and, and yeah. so so I think I think it's uh, I think they are uh, overall satisfied with what is uh, what has happened because of Namco and the, the advice they have uh, they have received. Interesting. They can see after a while that it's even if it's more you know it put more constraint on them. It's it's working in the, in the in the good direction. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. And cert- certainly, um, whaling is a. Uh, is a controversial uh, practice. I don't mean that as a yeah. in, in a principled or in a practical way. More in a in a pop as a popular phenomenon. It seems controversial. So. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, but of course, when when we when we tell when we tell hunters in in Greenland where we we think this this stock is <clears throat> is endangered, we don't know enough. You cannot. We 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 recommend that no quota are set for that stock. We are not especially happy. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. But then it's. I mean, then it's. You know, then it's the hands of the government to have, to have the will to to. Who believe what Namco said or don't believe and and apply it or not apply. They don't apply everything. I mean, in in Greenland, we we have said that for for naval and, and beluga, they need to have seasonal closure, and they have not. Uh, implemented that they have implemented the quota, but there is so you so by, by various things they don't implement at least immediately. I don't know if they will ever implement it, but mm, yeah. So back to again the mm. the advisory role. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah and yeah, the, yeah. And then yeah. the the capacity of each member country to decide what what advice they'll take <laughs> yeah yeah um in terms of in terms of the other uh or perhaps what namco does is there a does anyone study kind of the the economics of of hunting of the practices because i know uh, one of the things that I'm not sure why it never occurred to me, probably just because I'd never thought about it that, and I mean, I, m most of my experience and, and learning has come from hunters uh, from Nunavut, but hunting in Nunavut is not a, uh, a cheap practice at all, even, even on a small scale, like even just to go and get a seal uh, it can be, no. can, can sometimes be just in, just in gas alone. <laughs> um, so does Namco study any of like the economic or how the how how uh, if there's been changes or pressures on hunters um, or in the sense of if if uh, as a or even as an activity if people are moving away from hunting because it's not a not economically viable as opposed to ecologically sustainable. Yeah, we we there has been there has been some some method, but they didn't really come to, to, to as far as I remember to, to, to anything. But not, now what we, we are, and it's true what you say, it's actually not cheap to go and, and hunt a seal, but is it cheaper to, uh, I mean, to go and buy things in the supermarket? It's not automatically, uh, there is a lot of things going on and it's not only a question of price, I think it's also, also a question of, of identity. This is this is what you have done and what you are proud of doing, and this is what what you uh, you know your your ancestors have been doing, and and it gets you out in nature and so on. And and the the the, the alternative of not hunting seal is just to go and instead of being active and doing bringing food, it's to go in a supermarket and buy usually uh, bad food because then it's going to be cheap cheap industrial food. Oh. And you will not get anything in terms of identity by going in a supermarket buying food. Oh yeah. So, so there is also a price in some in, in a price in the the value the the non priceable value of the activity. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I was I was mm. I was more pointing at like um, because that's one of the like one of the the thing just like when you realize kind of the base practicality of of hunting as an activity is more. Um, one of the interests that I'm interested in is trying to uh, work through like an economic strategy that can support that. Yeah. Not, not, yeah. not in, again, not to, not to make it where you put necessarily like, like an exchange value on, on the activity, but more to, to ensure that people can go uh, do it or, and, and, or continue uh yeah. yeah, but it's also it's also but but hunting in a lot of places. I mean, it's a it's a bit different in in Norway, but but not really. The, the, in a lot of places where you go hunting, there is no alternative activities. Right. I mean, in, in some of the villages in in and I guess it's the same in Nunavut. In some of the villages in Greenland, they rely on hunting. There is nothing else to do. Is hunting and fishing. There is nothing. There is no industry. There is no have a possibility of earning money. The alternative, if you don't do that, is to get, is to get how you call that, social funds from the government. Right. There's no alternative. So, and, and in, in no way for the, the whalers, the minky whalers, you can, I mean, obviously, minky whaling is not, 
uh, in, in the national, uh, brute national product of Norway is nothing. But for the activities where, for the communities where it has been practiced, it's small community who do that. They do, they fish uh, cod when the cod is there. When the cod has gone, then they go to whaling. It's, you know, they change activities. Yeah. And if they don't fish yeah. whales, there is no other activities. So for this community, it's quite important. But in a national point of view, it's not important for Norway. <laughs> So it's an interesting. What what we are looking at now, actually, we we have a, a study, a pilot study going on where we look at the price, but then the ecological price of uh, eating uh, seals okay. now in in some of the community in Greenland compared to import uh, pig from from Denmark. Where what is the ecological cost of one and the other? And I think this, this is going to be very interesting because, uh, yeah, things have a price. Importing things from, from uh, Denmark is also very costly in, in community in Greenland where you have to fly everything and Nunavut will be the same. Yeah. Yeah. So we are trying to, to we, we did first a pilot project with seals in some communities in Greenland, and then we will try to see, to do it generalized for the Namco countries, for the community who are really consuming the the marine mammals. <clears throat> That'll be an interesting study. Do you know, uh, it, it, has it started? Because you, you, you said it was a pilot? Um, or yeah, it, it is started. It is it's going on now. We, we do that with an institute in, in, uh, in Sweden, <laughs> with a university in Sweden. So not whalers at all and sealers. <laughs> they, were, they have done that a lot, uh, at all with, with you know, uh, to try to advise people how can you re uh, reduce your COD footprint when you go fishing, where is it, where it costs a lot, and so on. And, and so we, uh, I heard this, this uh, it, it's called life cycle analysis. You, you go from the, the, the extraction of the resource to the, as you call that, when you, you get rid of the resource, what is the cost everywhere? Right. Uh, and, 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 and they do that for a lot of things, and, and we're starting talking, and say, oh, but that would be interesting to do it on... on uh, on, on uh, seas or, or whale resources. So it was very new for them. Usually they deal with fish and things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's going on now. It's, it's, uh, there is no result yet. It's going on. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that'll be but it's certainly, but yes? Oh, I was just going to say that'll be very interesting once uh, things start coming, uh, published uh, work comes out from Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very interesting also because I, I, I think because of, the, because of the climate change and people can see that, that you cannot talk in issues. Like during a long time, you know, you had the whaling issue and then you have the acid rain issue and then you have the, I don't know, the tiger issue. And everything was kind of separating. This is not his own little world. And people were not trying to see the, to set the things in perspective of the, the global ecosystem. And now when you go and you tell the people, but you know, for example, the EU still ban, these, these people in, in Greenland is, would be the same in Nunavut. They cannot uh, sell the skin, so they don't get profit out of the skin, but they still kill the animals because they eat them. Yeah. But then they, they cannot have, they don't get money and they cannot develop through that activity that they control completely. So what do they do? Then they, they, the only possibility for them is left to open their 
there to, to open to big companies to come and extract minerals and making mines and so on. And this is activity they are not going to control at all. Right. Yeah. So you cannot both tell them, oh, you cannot extract uranium and you cannot do that and you have to protect the Arctic and not uh, giving them the right to then exploit something else. I mean, they need money, thinking that people are still indigenous and, and can live, you know, in a, a kind of a museum and hunting one seal here. And I mean, they want telephone and they want everything like everyone else. Indeed. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And when, when you look also, if you look, for example, uh, now people don't want to wear seal skin in, in uh, I mean, even in Norway, you don't, see a, you don't see a lot of people with seal skin, but it's a very clean product. And you can get rid of it. It's not a problem. It's going to disappear. And instead of that, you are, you are buying a lot of Gore-Tex-like uh, stuff. And this is ecologically, they are very bad. Yeah. They cost a lot, yeah. Yeah. It's, and you cannot get rid of them. And then you have all, all the way they are done in Asia and other countries where, where the, the, the working conditions are terrible. <laughs> and people working without absolutely no protection with, with so, uh, things who are very poisonous and things. I mean, so there is a cost everywhere and everything is linked. And I think, I think people, because they see also by climate change, something happening in the Arctic can have effect in the, in the, in the tropic and, and conversely, they can see that things are linked. And it's not because one thing has no cost where you are, but it doesn't have a cost somewhere else in the world. But at the end, everything is linked. So buying a, a, a jacket, a Gore-Tex jacket for me in, in where I live, it has no cost. But then it has a cost somewhere else. And at the end, you know, everything is going to count. Indeed, does that... Uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, sir, I, I certainly agree. Does the... Could, to t tie that into the, the study, of, like the life cycle study, does that... Yes. Do they get that kind of uh, fine, fine grain where they're looking at, like going that type of... Uh, like deep isn't the right metaphor, but uh, that specific with... Uh, the life cycle, like where they yeah, they like, not 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 with the the the, the first study because it, it, this is comparing with with pig, for example, coming yeah. from Denmark. But pig has a, 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 the the pigs uh, to say raising of pigs in Denmark has a very big ecological cost as well. It is very polluting and so on. So they try to include that, and then we can also look with you know, you know with with. Uh, Stuff and things when, when we continue, if we can continue the study and get funding to continue it. Right. Is mm. that a... But... Sorry, is, yeah? that, is, that a, is that a part of your job as well, to look for funding? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, certainly. For all the... Not the normal... I mean, we, we get funding. Obviously, the, the parties are, are, have, uh, you know, paid contribution. But if we want to do special things, we try to get funding from different organization. I mean, it can be quite viable. We get, we get extra funding from some of the parties. For example, this study is, is supported uh, by, uh, by Greenland in part, and then we, we get funding from Nordic Council of Ministry, or we get funding from, from Shell sometimes. We have also get funding from World Wildlife Fund, and we, we try to get extra funding when we have special projects. Right. Yeah, so you... Mm. So you're you're not you're never you're never looking for core funding though. 
That's good. <laughs> for, for what? Core, like organizational fun, funding. You're look, the funding, what does it mean? Uh, like Namco it's, is financially viable because each country contributes to that, but each but specific projects may need their own sources of funds. Yes, right. yes, yes. But we have a basic funding. So the, the work of the committees is, is ensure if you want. Ah, yes. By the contribution. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm. And there were salaries and guarantees for a while, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's but one of our role is also to try to, to promote and to see where, when, where, where is, is there interesting project in, in the world and what is coming up and, and can we use that in, can we use that, can we, yeah, use that in Namco and, and you know, so, so it's, not, it's not only this very administrative job. And of course, uh, as I see it, a lot of our work is also to try to disseminate what we know because actually we know a lot about whales in the North Atlantic and also to disseminate the good stories about whales because what we hear whales and seals, what we hear a lot is the bad story, they are depleted and it's terrible and they are all endangered and it's not true. It's not true. The humpback whale, for example, has recovered like no one was hoping it recovered, increasing at a, at a, at a rate was uh, thought to be completely impossible and it's a good, it's a good thing. And this is because, of course, they have stopped being hunting or they are hunting on a sustainable way because there has been changing in the, in the climate, changing in the environment, favorable conditions. But this is good story, but usually you don't hear them. You know, it's not controversial enough to interest journalists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it and it's, it's true. And it's, <gasps> yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't. So, get, so I think those don't get clicks. <laughs> or, no, no. And also to tell people that, yeah, to try to put things in perspective, you know, what is the cost of whaling here compared to, to eating other things? What is the best for the environment? Right. Uh, in, in your role, do you, uh, is there an international uh, aspect to it? Do you, have, do you attend uh, other, or other uh, intergovernmental organizations? Or again, is it because it's such a specific... Um, no, no, we, we cooperate a lot with co cooperate. Oh, oh, yeah, we cooperate also with, with the Arctic Council and, and the working group of the Arctic, the Arctic Council. And we, of course, we cooperate a lot with the International Whaling Commission at the scientific level. <clears throat> we observe each other right. meetings and we cooperate on, on the, at the scientific level because we are dealing with the same, uh, uh, the same issue. So, so also because a lot of the scientists who are in NAMCO, in the, the scientific committee, they are also in the IWC, and it's not, it's not the interest of anyone to make them do the job twice. Right. So we try to find agreement where we can do the job, you know, increase the competence of a group, we then say, okay, this abundance estimate is good, we can accept it, and, and also it's not done in both uh, in both organizations. But it, it's difficult because some people say, no, 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 Namco, we don't want to work with them. And, and <laughs> so we try. And then we, and then we go, of course, to, to different... Uh, we have also contact with, with parliamentarians sometimes and we go to, to a lot of uh, conferences and, and to, to relate on, on what we are doing and what Namco is doing and how it's going with the stock of whales and seals. And uh, last year I was at the... The World uh, Seafood uh, Conference in Iceland. 
And I guarantee you I was the only one who was presenting Marine Mammal as a food resource. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did, and actually people then say, oh, wow, and this is interesting, and you know, and you, you're so, so it's, yeah. That's but you need, you need to do it in. At a seafood conference that mammals would be, would barely feature. I mean, I can understand it yeah. in a global sense, but I mean, it's a, as a, as an Arctic source of food, it's key. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we try to work, for example, the, the FAO, if you look all that, they are talking a lot that we need to feed the people and, and it's, it's really problematic and so on and so on, but they never talk about marine mammals. Right. And this is a lot of, of proteins going, you know, swimming around, happy proteins swimming around in the environment, <laughs> and nobody talks about them. And a whale can really feed a lot of people. Oh, yeah, for sure. And not, of, of course, you should not take them from the, the, the stocks who are diminishing or problem, but the, the, the stocks who are sustainable, I mean, it really could save a lot of life. Yeah. And so it's, so, so it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's tasty, yeah? yeah. yeah. And it's, it's relatively healthy, especially the whales. I mean, some of the dolphins in some area, you would get like even pilot whales in the pharaohs. They, they kind of have a, a level of pollutants, so it's a bit worrying. But the big whales, especially the, the one eating, you know, low in the food chain, they are still quite healthy animals. So it's healthy food. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, yeah. Ha- uh, how, how long is your term as general secretary? It's, it's uh, my first contract was four years. And, and, but uh, now I've got the promise to get it renewed at least three years and maybe four years. There is no, there is no limitation per, per se. Oh, okay. It's not a, but, um, it's not like a rotating position then. No, it's not a rotating position. No. Uh, so the last, the last one has been the one, the two, one before have been, uh, Short term. The last one was there for ten years. Okay. Mm, mm. I'm not all young, so I'm not going to stay there for twenty years. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, and it's, yeah. Um, I think because we're we're almost we're at an hour now, and so I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So I'll ask a, mm-hmm. a, a, a how I tend to finish these up do you have a do you have an interesting story about uh hunting or fishing or researching with whales or do you do you actually i should take a step back and ask do you hunt or fish or anything like that not necessarily whaling but or is it just have you come to no. this from a from the from the research and the scientific side Yes, yes. No, I'm not. And, and uh, my father was, was a fisherman. My grandfather was, was fishing cod in, in Newfoundland, you know, with sailing boat at that time. And so, so uh, but by my, uh, my parents were not. My father was fishing in rivers and so on. He liked fishing. But, but we were not specially. Right. The kids were not specially fishermen. And, and, and it's not a hunting family. No, no, I have come when and the first time I went to the Faroe Island. And then the first thing I did when I had to go... Uh, to the Faroe Island is to go and see Greenpeace. They say, well, I'm going to the Faroe Island. What do you want me to do? And then they said, they look at me and oh, they were obviously not very interested. And then, uh, and then you go there and, and you discover that the people in the Faroe Island, there is, you cannot grow anything in the Faroe Island. 
I mean, you, you, you don't have enough cows to feed the people, not enough sheep because you have to kill them because you don't have, you know, you don't have enough grass to feed them, feed them in the winter. And the people, they, they uh, of course, uh, they, they know, and, and the kids, they know that an animal you have in your plate, you don't just go and buy it in the supermarket. It has been alive before, it has been happy, and you have killed them. So they know where the things come from. And suddenly you try to think, but isn't it this? a much more healthy way of thinking than just to think But when sometimes kids told me, but why do you need to, to kill when you can just go in the supermarket and buy meat? Yeah? yeah, but it has also been alive. And so, so you find out that, that, that these people who are actually very fond of nature and know very much their nature, they, they just use it. They use what they can, the, they use the resources around them. And so it's all, you know, thinking when you know the people, you don't put them in small boxes, but you try to you 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 see what why what do why do they do what they do and what is the meaning behind the things. Indeed. So certainly, the, the my stay in the Fair Islands changed a lot my perce- perception of hunters. For example, I was the kind of thing: our oh, hunters, you know, they are all stupid and these bad people and so on, so on. And then you think, yeah, maybe, but it's maybe not the most stupid way of getting your food. Certainly not. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So. Interesting. So yeah. But so you you yeah. you don't hunt or fish now at all. No, I I don't I don't myself. But 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 uh, I I try to. I mostly on I mostly eat uh, either fish, but not uh, not from farm, but but wild fish, and and I nearly only eat uh, wild meat, who has been hunted. So in, in here in Norway, you you have you have a reindeer and you have moose, elk, yeah, and and uh, you can you can get that and you can get uh, either or, or lamb because lamb can that never been uh, raised in in a super productive way. So usually you are sure that they have been happy. So so I don't I don't very seldomly buy a, a, a pig, for example, right, or chicken, <laughs> mm. but I don't hunt. One of the reasons I ask that too is not is because uh, I also find it interesting with when people work uh, in a setting when they're working with hunters or working on hunting issues or uh, on issues where uh, deriving food from the from the environment, uh, but people themselves don't come from a, a hunting or fishing background. So it's quite it, yeah. It, it, it that interests me as much as well because. Um, because hunting tends to be, or in many ways, it it is least perceived, and for a lot of people in it, it it's a it is a kind of it's a familial activity, and and so it's a, yeah, and and, mm. and knowledge about it too tends to tends to be uh, concentrated in the people that have done it uh, as as a as a family, or as or at least in or as a as a local practice. So so it does it, it's very interesting to. Similar to me because I'm not. Uh, I mean, we f- we fish as a as a like as a hobby activity, but not. But that's it. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I thought was very interesting. I, I was like last year, last uh, October, at the Arctic Circle Assembly in Reykjavik, which is a big Arctic conference. And there was um, there was uh, I don't know I don't know if you have seen him uh, documentary was done by by. Um, Oh, what's the name? What's the name now? It's called Angry Inuk. 
Yep, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then it's a fantastic documentary, and also because it, she's not aggressive against this NGO, and she she just tells the, the things as, as it is. And at the end, we it was so screened, and at the end there was a, a discussion, and there was a, a, a woman who, who uh, raised her hand and said, you know, I'm vegetarian. I'm never going to go and hunt seal, but now I understand. Well. And I thought it was so nice, and, and apparently she has got this kind of reaction several times, and we are using this documentary a lot when we go and present, for example, about blue economy and, and, and so on, and, you know, in the global perspective. And people, people get a, a knowledge of what is behind just killing seal, you know, with, ice, with, with blood on the ice, and they suddenly they understand what, what is behind the, the life in the Arctic as well. Indeed. And I think this is where Namco can have also a big role, is, is disseminating what is behind this. Stop seeing them as cruel barbarians, just to try to see what is behind what they do. Indeed. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's, a, it, it, it's been, it, uh, the documentary's had a pretty uh, big effect here, too. It even, it's, even, yeah. it's even played on, uh, on the national broadcaster on, on television, so... I think it. I think it has. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Uh, I, I think it's had the impact that because uh, the uh, the filmmakers is Alethea. I think it's had the. Hopefully, it's had the impact. Yeah, that I it's Going for so. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. And I hope so. She she will have the, the chance to to show it in the uh, in the European Union and to some of the parliamentarians because it's really, for me, it's really a strong strong story. First, it's, it's very beautiful. That's one thing, but it's also in a, in a nice way. Just tell what it is, and she has no. She is an angry, hungry. No, angry, but but it's. She's not. She's not. Um, I would say she's not. I don't know. I can say. Yeah. No, I I understand. She's presenting the facts, and and she's not. She's not bad. She just say I try to to communicate with them. They don't. And no, I think it's very. Uh, it's a very powerful story. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think so. I think that that was a, a very interesting, a good ending. Discuss- yeah, that's a good place to end as well. Yes. So uh, I'll say thank you very much for your time.